Welcome to Sunburnt Country Music, interviews with Australian country music artists. My name is Sophie and I have been interviewing Australian country music artists for over a decade and I still love it. I love their stories, I love their insights and I love their music. So I hope you enjoy hearing from them on this podcast. Cassidy Ray has a busy and varied musical career that includes releasing great singles at regular intervals and the latest is Last Chapter, but she's also always on great adventures. So I'm going to ask her about those too. Hi, Cassidy Ray. Hi, how are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. And the last time I spoke to you in 2022, you were about to head off to Hawaii to perform on a cruise ship. And then I've just looked at your upcoming gig schedule and you're about to go on another cruise working so never ends first of all how was Hawaii uh I wouldn't know (laughs) so I'm offered a residency aboard carnival where I get to be an entertainer Mm -hmm. and I get to perform every night and to hundreds of people and you know they fall in love with my music which is a dream and they get to sing my songs back to me it's fantastic uh there's certain rules and passes that you have to get to be able to get off the country so uh there's a ticket called an i-95 which means that you have to uh it allows you back into the state so i flew to los angeles and then seattle uh and then we got on the ship and we sailed to sydney uh but to get this i-95 document you actually have to physically step foot outside of america and step foot back inside america to get an i-95 so when I'm normally over in Florida, I would go to Mexico or I'd go to mm-hmm. Jamaica, or I'd go to the Bahamas or Turkey and Caicos, and then I come back and I get my I-95, which means I can come and uh, transit through the US, no problems asked. Uh, and I got to Seattle and I then sailed out of Seattle. I sailed through Canadian waters, but I did not get off, evidently. It's a cruise ship. Uh, and then the first stop that we landed in was Hawaii and they're like, you don't have an I-95. And I went, but it's my one time in Hawaii. And they're like, but you don't have an I-95. So have a look at the view. (laughs) So I got to literally be on the border of Hawaii and check it out. And the thing is, my parents and I have like this fun game where we travel, we've traveled a lot in our lives and we have a map in our living room of with like pins of all the places Mm -hmm. in the world that we've been. And both my parents have been to Hawaii and I was like, guys, I'm going to get my pin. It's going to be great. We're so excited. And the rule is you have to step outside the airport on land. And so I was sitting there in Hawaii on a cruise ship and I'm like, Waikiki Beach is right there. Like Hawaii is like a footstep away. And they're like, but you're not on the land. So it doesn't count. (laughs) How frustrating is all I can say. It is, like, you can only laugh about it. Like, I flew all the way over there and then I got to look at Hawaii. Uh, So hopefully, wink, wink, I might be able to go there this year. We'll see. Um, But, yeah, it it, it was an amazing adventure. It was amazing residency. I made so many new, uh, I can't call them fans, I call them friends. So I made so many new friends that joined the community. It was a fantastic experience. And Seattle was amazing. That's great. But I suppose if you, if you, wink, wink, happen to have, happen to do it again, you will need to make sure that you're stepping in and out. Little you trip to, to Canada. Yeah. I have to. I have to. I really do now. Well, the good thing is Seattle is right next to Canada. So you could just hop over the border and go back in. Exactly. And just like slip on over to Hawaii and get that little pin. I do like you saying though when you're in Florida, you just go to the Bahamas if you need to do that. Just go to the Bahamas. I did actually. I um on my very last 
cruise over there uh, as a resident. I was aboard the Carnival Sunshine and I called up my mum and I said, dad's working, but you're not, you're free, right? And she said, yeah. And I'm like, well, in two weeks, I've booked you on a cruise and I've bought you flights. So bring Josh, my brother, uh, and come and hang out with me on a cruise. So I flew them over to Florida and I got them on a cruise. Uh, and they were like, well, we're here in Florida. Let's go to Disney World. And I was like, well, guys, the documents that I have, it means that I have to get out of the country within 24 hours. Um, there's a difference between a crew visa and a visitor mm-hmm. visa. And I said, I have to physically leave the country and come back in on a different visa. They can't just let me change. It's all their rules. And so I left my bags with them and they went off to like Universal and I literally hopped off a ship, went on a plane, flew to Jamaica, (laughs) ran through the terminal of the, I literally told the flight attendants, I'm like, guys, I've got to get back my flights in like half an hour. And we've just landed and they're like, cool, all the best, like get right to the front, like bolt it and so I ran out of the departures gate into the arrivals gate checked myself back in as a visitor visa and got back on the exact same plane and I was the last person on and I'm like welcome back we were expecting you let's go back home so it took me like a good six hours to just fly to Jamaica and fly right back things I would never ever have known had to be done there you go I have learned several things from you already um about international travel well about about working in that particular environment actually because that's what it means basically if you're on a cruise yeah. ship as an Australian working on an American liner yeah yeah and I mean like a lot of Australian artists that ever go overseas and actually work not just if they're just a visitor it's a totally different thing but if they ever actually work it's a completely different ball game mm. uh, that not a lot of people talk about uh, yeah. but I've definitely got the 411 on the whole situation I think I've got it down bad now. <laughs> now I think your next cruise is not quite as complicated because you seem to be doing the South Pacific if yeah. I'm correct yeah. Yeah it's a good way to celebrate the single is to literally go on tour and sing it every single night so I've been invited as a resident again so I sailed down to Sydney and then I'm based out of Sydney but we sailed to the Pacific Islands back and forth from February 23rd so I don't know what I don't know how many days that is now <laughs> it's a yeah, couple of weeks yeah. <laughs> and as you, you mentioned the new single next chapter so this cruise is a next chapter of performance but what inspired the song originally oh my goodness heartbreak <laughs> Uh, love and falling out of love and realizing that I didn't want to keep rewriting and replaying the same story over and over again I mean there's Wuthering Heights I will happily reread the same chapter over and over and over again before I can move on but this was my love life and it was just repeating the same sort of rubber band emotion if they get really close and you you think it's love and you think it's going to last this time and then they slowly pull away and it snaps uh And I just didn't want to keep repeating it with the same uh, result. So I decided, you know, it's, it's actually time to, to move on and rewrite a new chapter and, and get to decide what chapter I want. And it's this perfect time because it's a whole new year and it's a whole new era and it's a new way of thinking about how I approach music and approach this music industry and this career and um, how I want to look at the next year of my life and releasing music. So it was like this perfect affirmation to myself as well as this beautiful song that actually means something else yeah now I am actually stuck on you saying that you'd read the same chapter of Wuthering Heights over and over again so it's it's a a dark little piece that novel so what do you love Um, about Wuthering Heights I I went into high school and we never read it in high school and I was like I've always wanted to understand what this this book is about 
And some of it is just like, you just got to wrap your head around it. So the first time it's like, a, okay, I've read it. I've read the first chapter. Let's read it again and actually understand what we're reading. And now that we've understood it, let's actually appreciate it. So there's right. like a good three times per chapter. Yeah. I understand. I find that book quite difficult myself. Um, but you launched the single just after Tamworth Country Music Festival. How was your Tamworth? Oh, my goodness. The best festival I've ever had so far. I've been to eight, which is like crazy now. I'm like a full-on returnee, of, a veteran of it. Uh, no, it was fantastic. I had a street team, which I didn't create. They created themselves. Oh. Uh, it was jam-packed and fun-filled. I started with 12 days at like it's a 10-day festival and I got there early and I left late uh and I had one event every day that I planned and by mm. the time I got to like the 12th date I was like oh my goodness I've had like four to five events minimum every single day how on earth did that happen that's crazy cool uh and one day I had nine events and I'm like I actually don't know how I functioned no I don't know <laughs> how you did either. <laughs> But these fans, this community, these friends of mine are seriously amazing. They went, you know, we want to help you make this the best festival possible. We understand that you're an independent artist and we want to be able to help you in any way that we can. You know, it's not just about buying merch. So they called themselves the street team. They got my posters and they would walk the streets every single day and they would put up posters. They would check the posters that were up to make sure that they mm-hmm. weren't ripped um, from the weather. Um, they would add more posters. Uh, they would get people to like, put them in better places I was like that's amazing and then we even had some fans that flew all the way from Canada one uh fan even flew all the way from Boston Massachusetts just for 12 days to hang out and watch me perform so expectations were like set uh, <laughs> but that's like over 11,000 miles they flew just to come in and hang out and, and sing my songs uh so it was absolutely amazing best festival yeah I can't wait for next year I don't know how we're going to top this one but it's going to be topped well, how, and speaking of you don't know how you functioned, how did you function by the end of it? How was your voice, for one thing? Oh, surprisingly, because I am a resident on board cruises a lot, I'm quite oh, used to, like, my vocal health is on point, very taken care of. Uh, for me, it was more just the lack of sleep. Like, I was getting up at 5 a.m. Being an independent artist, I normally work from home and it's constant mm-hmm. understanding and learning and, and creating for myself. And uh, being at a festival, I couldn't do the nine to five of being a musician. So I would have to do it earlier in the morning and later at night and then enjoy the festival and, and be at the festival and be present. I, I'm very focused on making sure that I'm I'm in one place at one time and giving somebody my attention. I love that feeling and not being like distracted. Uh, so I was functioning on like four or five hours of sleep maximum every day. <laughs> And look, the festival is a bit like that and one does get picked up by the waiver. But last year, because it had been um, a little while since there had been much of a festival, I remember lying awake at about 3, well, I was at 3 a.m. thinking I am like an overstimulated toddler. I just can't <laughs> sleep because there's just so much going on and it had been so long since there'd been all that colour and movement in one place. Right. Yeah. yeah, no, that was crazy. I loved last year. I thought it was awesome. I loved being warm last year. <laughs> it was very hot. I was kind of like, I, I had down pat my places of air conditioning that I would like go to and seek refuge from. Yeah. The Target on Peel Street, I think is a key venue for a lot of people looking for aircon. Oh my goodness. There are just so many, all of the cafes as well, right inside at the very back of the cafes right. where the air conditioning is the best. <laughs> but I guess, you know, the street team, uh, as you said, you know, that was something they come up with themselves, but they, they have this relationship with you uh, because you 
do consider them. You know, you think of them when you're releasing things, you stay in touch with them on social media, which does take a bit of time. As you said, you're an independent artist. But I feel like for you it's it's been a critical part of your work from the start. Oh, absolutely. It is one of the most crucial points of being in the music industry for me. Uh, you know, a lot of people have a different reason of why they enter the music industry, but for me it's it's always um, now it's it's just about them. It's about that relationship with them. It's about, you know, giving them a voice. You know, I always used to say I actually started music because my best friend was 17 and I was 15 when she passed away to type 1 diabetes and I turned to music as a way of like I don't know how to handle this loss mm-hmm. um, and when words fail music will speak and I kind of like drew to that um, like a magnet and as I've slowly evolved in this industry and growing up and, and releasing and, and evolving uh, I realized that I wanted to be able to give that voice to other people and the relationships that I form are so crucial to even the point now that uh, the next song that I'm going to be releasing is a song called One More Song and I wrote it because of the audience and you know they kept screaming one more song and one more song and I was like this is cool first night second night this is awesome third night wonder how many nights we can keep going like the 37th night I was like all righty this is enough like I'm just gonna write you a song called one more song I am done with this uh so you know I wrote them the song and I went well actually I'm gonna take it one step further and you're guys are gonna come on the adventure with me like we're gonna go into the recording studio together we're gonna choose the cover art together we're gonna choose every single bit of it and you can help me release this um rather than just being like here's some music ta-da uh so to me it's it's the most pivotal aspect of music is making sure that it appeals to them and it's it's their voices just as much as it is mine and it is great to have an encore song called one more song (laughs) It's so good now because when everybody asks for one more song, I'm like, funny, you should ask this. Let's sing it. Uh, and then it's time for the next chapter. Let's move right along. Yeah, right. <laughs> all my all my songs just fit in sentences. I'm like, let's start the night by raising a glass and saying, cheers, y'all. Do you want another dose of good vibes? Here's dose of you. You guys are amazing. Literally. And then it just, all the sentences somehow work. I love it. It makes all the sense. It's true. The master plan is definitely there. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> Well, it's a master play that you shared with Michael Carpenter, who is your longtime collaborator, and uh, you worked with him on this single as well. I'm quite interested in whether you actually go into the studio with him and record a few things at once, or if it's, it is a case of you sort of thinking, this is the right song for now, let's record this, then you go away and think, oh, I'm going to write one more song and then put that together and go back to him. It's a bit of both. So during the COVID years, I went to my good friend and very talented producer Michael Carpenter, and I went, here's like 30 songs that I'm happy with to record. Let's do this for like the next month. And (laughs) every day we just went into the recording studio and we'd like do two songs a day. And I'd be like, this is what I want from it. And then he's like, great, let's just go for it. And it was a lot of like, we got into a very cool rhythm where we finished each other's sentences and sandwiches on some days. It was great. Uh, Disney reference. Uh, But, you know, it would just be like, this is, I want it as original as possible. You know, the first take and it is done. Like, I don't want to do this again. I want it to be as raw as it can possibly be and as emotionally um, attaching and connecting as Mm -hmm. it can possibly be. But then you also have moments where I now write new songs and I'm like, oh, I think this one will go better than any other one that I've recorded. And I think that this is poignant to release right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, that these songs can wait or can serve another purpose. 
so one more song is definitely in that it hasn't been recorded yet um it's it's at the very basics of like I've written it and performed it in public so many times because I, I wanted to experiment and go let's release a song a different way like let's not keep it a secret and you know like people give their tell people about their pregnancies at like two yeah. months I'm like let's tell people like right now I'm gonna <laughs> release this song I've written a song let me know what you think did you like it would you change it what would you change like let's discuss this like is it too long is it too short um like let's get it from the ground up and get them as excited about this metaphorical music baby uh, mm. as much as I get excited about it so yeah <laughs> so that means you have a vault of quite a few songs that you haven't released yet yeah so many songs that at any time I could just like I drop them all the time into sentences and like have a little giggle at myself and if my family happens to be on any of my lives they'll like drop in like the sentence now and then and like purposefully use a title that I haven't yet released just to have some fun and so we'll like giggle together because I know all of them obviously uh, and they've heard them quite a lot from my bedroom <laughs> in the recording studio uh, like I would bring my mum along she's like the photographer she's the behind the scenes person of like I've got to make sure that that it's okay purely for the fact that one day when we released uh, when we were recording more the very first time I worked with Michael uh, she kept listening to the song it was my very first time I was really new to this uh, with Michael and I was a little bit nervous and I was like just come along take some behind the scene photos and listening and we'd recorded the grand piano in this beautiful studio uh, and we didn't realize that the snare had been unlocked uh, and so throughout the entire piano track you could hear snare and she kept like listening to this and she's like I hear this can you hear it at this time and I'm like no you're crazy let's show it to Michael he's like no you're crazy don't know what you're talking about and she was like adamant she was like there is something there right here right here right here and so we finally like pulled everything back and we could hear it and we're like well darn it to heck like she was right she comes to the studio now just in case yeah <laughs> she can pick up the, the the micro frequencies or whatever it is oh my goodness but it actually like once you once you heard it we were like well done now we can't unhear it now we yeah. have to fix this and it was a rubato piece, which means it was completely free time because that's how I played it. Yeah. And so I went, the entire song has been built off this piano track, including the timing. So now we have to start from scratch. It was hilarious. I laugh about it now. You just take the first recording as a rehearsal. That's fine. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. The entire song was done. Let's just start again, do it all. Yeah, that's fine. But I'm also curious, given you have these songs that um, you haven't yet moved to put out an album, and I know that this is a consideration given how streaming works, that these days it's not as automatic as release some singles, put out an EP, put out an album. You're thinking about the timing of your singles for streaming. So but is it tempting to think, let's just put out, like I've got 30, I've got however many left now in the vault, I'll just put out 10. Oh, my goodness. To be honest, yes, but at the same time, no. So uh, when I wrote these, they're not them- like when I want to release an album eventually one day, I want it to be a thematic release. Right. Whereas these singles are standalone songs. They technically, you know, if you look at the songs that I've released, I can, I can make a story and it, and it follows that story. You know, last year I released lately because I was right on the fence and it was that moment before I decided and mm. I wanted to freeze that moment in time. And now I've decided and I move on. And now I get to celebrate and then one more song comes and like there's, there's technically a story that evolves, uh, which could be turned into an album. Uh, but these songs, I want to give them as much light as possible. You know, it's not the days of 
people sitting down listening to songs from top to bottom a track b track anymore it's the days of like three minutes is as much attention span as you can get but also at the same time being an independent artist I want to be able to make the most of this investment and make the most of this project and this creative collaboration as much as possible because I've spent so much time investing in it and loving it that I want other people to love it as well before Mm -hmm. I go and there's like nine other songs and I'm not giving them the love that they need uh so for me it's it's for a good long time it's going to be a lot of singles not just because of statistics and the music industry requiring singles and Mm -hmm. it being beneficial to release singles for streaming purposes but purely because this is a piece of my heart and a lot of my time and a lot of my life and and somebody else's story or my story or you know it's it's a it's a piece it's a project that I really want to let it stand and and go ta-da like let's appreciate this in in all the angles that we can before we effectively move on and that is the advantage of being independent that you can yeah uh, you not don't actually have someone saying now it is time for an album um so I think it's you know it's it's that there's no there's no roadmap for what you're doing really oh, because goodness, the no. music industry has evolved so quickly it really is it's kind of like you take a step forward and the flashlight just shows you a little bit more but it shows you the whole world behind of what you've come mm-hmm. from and just like one step forward uh but that's also the beauty in it I mean there's a, it's a catch-22 situation in all in all parts of the music industry um it's not a nine-to-five where you know you you can see the next steps it's kind of like a choose your own adventure uh and it's a beautiful adventure that you get to take because as long as you're loving what you're doing you get to do it every day uh, and you get to work really hard at doing it. But, you know, I walk away every day feeling completely satisfied that I've that I've changed somebody's life or I've impacted their mood or they got to listen to my song and it meant something to them just as much as it meant to me. Uh, and that I get to connect with people on such a really cool, deep level that transcends language and transcends barriers and discrimination and, and countries. Uh, so really, I, it's this beautiful choose your adventure even though it's like a wild adventure that you don't know where it's going to go next does it feel like a responsibility ever that you're effectively holding people's emotions uh as you're singing and creating and connecting with them because you know when you do affect someone they will let you know especially because you have these connections with your fans but yeah I imagine it's a bit of a responsibility oh my goodness well I mean we grew up listening to music be it like from a jingle to a movie soundtrack to to playing it on Spotify and, and streaming it on Apple Music, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that that affects the way that we can look at a situation. Like if you're going through a heartbreak and you listen to, you know, uh, I could use a love song by Marion Morris, you're feeling hopeful and you're going, yeah, it's a really tough time, but I could use this. And I don't, I don't think I've given up yet. But then if you listen to Breakups by Seaforth, you're going, this is over, this is done. So it's like really influential in, in your perspective and it's not rose colored glasses it's this music colored lens that goes this is how you can look at life right now and so a lot of my music I try and either find the positive spin like I've, I've been toxic relationships and and lost a friend uh and you know you go how do you write a song that's that's about losing a friend and and not influence people and it's like well how can I make this a positive how can I make my space a better place Uh, And so I turn the toxic relationship into affirmations. You know what? I went through the worst possible sort of situation where 
I was with him and he was telling me he didn't like my music and I was still thinking that that was like I needed to he needed to approve uh and you know I was unworthy and how could I be more worthy and let me reach this pedestal that just keeps seeming to get higher and that was like the chink of the iceberg like we did not see what was underneath Mm -hmm. um you know I took that and went well you know what I am more and I am worthy and I get to choose my own independence and there are other people out there that are going through this that may not share it you know Catherine Britt recently shared her story publicly Mm -hmm. and we didn't get to see that until she decided to share it with us and she is so brave and and inspirational and this incredible woman as well as an artist and a mentor love it a bit but you know it's it's this moment of I realized I wasn't the only one going through it and I could go you know this sucks life is horrible this is you know I feel unworthy or I could go you know what I'm going to be my best friend right now and say and give myself all the affirmations and the reassurance and and be that best friend for somebody else and and do that consistently even with next chapter which is like you know what let's let's not keep replaying this story let's try a new love story let's try a new chapter let's look at this in a different frame of light you know you're not just ending a relationship you know not all love stories are meant to be long sometimes Mm -hmm. they're short it doesn't mean there's any less love but it's okay to close that book and close that chapter and turn that page and rewrite your own thing and and choose what you want to see in life so what does your ideal 2023 next chapter look like musically speaking (laughs) so much music my goodness so I'll be releasing one more song this year which I'm super excited about and I like that I get to tell people because the anticipation is building like by the time they release it everybody's gonna be like finally we've been waiting and I'll be like now you see what musicians go through we've had this song for years welcome uh so I'll be releasing that I'll be going on tour I'll be traveling as well as on cruise ships I'll be traveling nationally uh hopefully I'll be heading over to Nashville to do some more songwriting uh so lots of big adventures and plans it's a choose your own adventure and the adventure never ends (laughs) and not only that you're still doing your social media lives from what I can see because it's you started this during the pandemic and Oh, way before the pandemic. Oh, way before, there we go. More. I'd, right before I released more, I realised I'd started Sunday sit-downs because I was so creative with my titles. I'm a, I'm a great songwriter, but when it comes to, like, naming things, I'm, like, as easy as possible. So I was sitting down. It was a Sunday. Welcome to Sunday sit-downs four years later. My <laughs> habit now is just waking up every weekend and just getting to catch up with this community that we've created so that, you know, people always go, I want to see some artists that I love after the stage. I want to see them when they're not performing. I want to know the person that they are. And that's what Sunday Sit Downs have become. It's become this, you know, I get to perform. Sure, you get to see the music. Sure. But let's actually have a relationship that's deeper than just a musician to a fan. Let's like bridge that and and make us this community and make us feel friends and, and you know, find the similar wavelengths. So we sit and we celebrate birthdays together. We share jokes. Uh, we go on adventures. So I'll go live. I remember going live every like Monday at 4 p.m. because it was a Sunday and I was in New Orleans and I was sailing down the Mississippi River and you hear the cruise line horn blaring in the background. I'm like, and that's my time to go. Thank you so much for Sunday. Sit down. I'm about to run out of internet. I'm sailing down the river. Uh, So it's like really cool that I get to take this community, these fans, these lovers of music on an adventure that's more just that's more than just songs and more than just, you know, 
a 60 second snippet of a piece of my music you know it's this whole life that they get to be a part of and join in on well people can find you on facebook and instagram for the sunday sit down and they can find next chapter on the streaming platforms um, and find you live by looking at your website cassidy ray as ever a great pleasure to talk to you oh it's so good to chat with you as well thank you Thanks for listening to the Sunburnt Country Music Podcast. For more Australian country music interviews and reviews and other things, go to sunburntcountrymusic.com or to Sunburnt Country Music on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok.